The Hearing, a legal podcast from Thomson Reuters. My legal job and me. Well, hello everyone. I'm Charles Baggett, KC. I'm Joint Head of Chambers at Gatehouse Chambers in Gray's Inn in London. My practice is in serious injury work and clinical negligence. And alongside that, as a silk practicing is that that area, I sit as a part-time judge. So currently as a Deputy High Court judge sitting in the now King's Bench Division and also as a recorder sitting in the Crown Court, so doing criminal cases. In terms of my route to get to there, well, it started out at a state grammar school. My first jobs were as a cleaner, a waiter and a swimming teacher. And I can tell you I draw on all of those experiences still now in the work that I do. From there, I went to Leicester University and I did law with French. And this is one of my themes, which is that the the year abroad was the best year of my university career. And I think for me, I've tried to push myself to take opportunities which might at the time seem pretty daunting, but I've always found that if I do push my boundaries and stretch myself, you end up having some amazing experiences and it can open up doors to other things. So from there, I thought, having done that sort of European type angle to my career, that I wanted to be a a lawyer specialising in European law. But again, it was a, a, a lesson to me that when I saw that in practice, I saw there can be a difference between studying an area and practicing in it. And it wasn't really for me. I didn't find it particularly stimulating. So I then ended up doing my training after a good deal of difficulty finding a pupilage, didn't get any interviews, had to reapply, then got one single interview and was very lucky to get that pupilage at a good set, 12 Kings Bench Walk. They were doing a lot of personal injury and clinical negligence work and I found it fascinating. For me, it was the combination of the human interest, so the stories about the people, but also the nitty-gritty about how parts of the body work and all of these things I'd never heard of. There were also interesting legal points. There was forensic detail. You got to do negotiating, which seemed quite fun, as well as going to court to do traditional advocacy. And there was even a bit of number crunching, which whilst uh, I was always pretty awful at maths at school, uh, you could you were allowed to use a calculator this time, so that helped me. So that was the area I sort of fell into by chance but it's where I've made a career and ended up in 2018 taking silk in that area and specialising in that throughout my career. But I'm just coming back to the route. There were bumps in the road and all of that is really tough. So after I've been at 12KBW for a year in this great set, I didn't get taken on as a tenant. And you've really got to dust yourself down and move on somewhere else and start again. And uh, pupillage feels like a year-long interview. So it it does feel like a form of self-harm to say, right, I'm gonna go and do this somewhere else. But I went off to a very small set, um, much less well-known than 12KBW to start again, to do a third six, a set that doesn't even exist now. But it allowed me to continue my career, get a bit more experience, get a few more contacts, and then, an opportunity arose 
um, thanks to a clerk at 12KPW getting in touch with me and saying, I've heard that this set called Hardwick are looking for a junior tenant and doing the work you like to do. You should apply. So that was really kind of him to remember me. Um, so it's one of my other themes is be kind to everyone you meet because you never know what opportunities they might be able to put your way. So he gave me that, that tip off and I applied and they took a chance on me. So that Hardwick took a chance on me to, to join them and I ended up staying there. Well, now we've recently moved buildings to a lovely new building in Gray's Inn and renamed ourselves Gatehouse Chambers, but it's uh, the old Hardwick Chambers. And little did I know when I walked in there as a pretty bruised a junior tenant, having been through these various tough experiences as I trained, not sure whether this was all going to work out or whether this was all a big mistake to try my third chambers, that uh, when we moved to our new building sort of a little over 20 years later, I would be becoming joint head of chambers. So that's um, still something I'm getting used to the idea of that because I still think I'm the new person who's working out what they're doing and uh, finding their way but it's amazing how your career goes by in the blink of an eye and suddenly you're um, someone senior in the organization so that's about my career as a barrister in terms of my judicial career and the route i've taken there well i suppose uh, not wishing to be flippant i could be described as perhaps a poster boy for the fact that there can be a career progression as a part-time judge not just as a full-time judge. It's something that I've found really interesting to do through quite a bit of my career, to have what you might call a portfolio career, so to do different things. And to my mind, it really keeps you fresh in what you're doing because you've got different challenges, a different way of working, different people and different environments. It's totally different being a part-time judge from being a practitioner. Your mindset has to be different about how you approach the cases and your role and responsibilities. So you come back gain, gaining experience and fine-tuning your skills, which you can then apply to other parts of your practice. So I started out, uh, made a few applications which were unsuccessful, so I wasn't particularly young when I started as a part-time judge, but about 12 years ago, I became a deputy district judge. And um, my colleagues tease me a bit because I've held pretty much every post that you can have held thereafter as I've uh, gradually clawed my way up the, uh, the the career path and so far I've got to the position of a deputy high court judge. So I started sitting in what we'll now call the King's Bench Division hearing uh, civil cases uh, of complexity and sometimes noteworthy cases and that's an immense privilege to do those to hear those cases and decide them. But I can tell you, my work as a deputy district judge is still so valuable to me that I put that into practice in terms of, for instance, dealing with a lot of litigants in person uh, when I, I've had to do that as a deputy high court judge. And I've honed those skills, how to deal with people who are emotional, perhaps not familiar with the court process, how to make sure they're heard, but also to keep the process moving so that very valuable skills I've gained from that and all of the skills of, for instance, handling a housing list in the county courts where you've got 60 something cases to do in a day, that certainly fine tunes your skills of 
you dealing with a mass of information, but making sure each individual hearing, which after all, housing case, could be the decision whether someone stays in their home that day or not. So these are very important cases to the people involved in them. How you can try to do that efficiently, but also fairly to the individuals involved. So yes, I still go home and agonise about my decisions, uh, but uh, hopefully I've, I've learnt from, from what I've done. So in terms of that, that progression, so Deputy District Judge, I started out as also sitting in tribunals, so the bar disciplinary tribunals. That was a, an insight into the sort of quasi-criminal side of, of things. And initially I was on the panel, so sitting in a panel of other people. Really interesting to be a decision maker with other people. You don't get to do that often as a judge. Again, I've drawn on those skills more recently because I now sit as a recorder in the Crown Court, sometimes doing appeals where you sit with two magistrates reviewing the decision of a magistrate's court. So having had experience of the bar disciplinary tribunals with other people, I've sort of gained skills to make sure that although I'm the sort of legal person on that and they're the lay people, that everyone's voices are heard, that you can be better than the sum of your parts in terms of your analysis of evidence and what the decision you're going to make and deciding how you're going to frame that. So again, always these things are building on the previous experiences. So I've done that. I've been a deputy master in the Queen's Bench Division, as it was then, for about seven years. So again, really useful experience of a sort of stepping stone to seeing High Court work. And as I say, as a recorder sitting in Crown Court cases, a massive challenge for me as a specialist practitioner who doesn't do criminal work to go and sit in the Crown Court on jury trials, serious criminal cases and sentencing people, which is a highly complex legal process and obviously a very responsible role uh, as well. Doing that, something I still do uh, alongside the other judicial work. And then, as I say, as a Deputy High Court judge. So it's been a real journey, but at every stage, I think I've picked things up and, and benefited from broadening my horizons and the sort of learning curve that you go on in doing that. So I suppose what I could say about a typical day is that it's atypical. I may have a plan for a day, but it's almost inevitably upended by other developments. So I just start now expecting the unexpected. That may be something crops up in another case because you're always juggling your caseload, aren't you? It may be a cham chamber's management matter which needs some attention. So I think my day involves juggling multiple projects and demands on my time, but also trying to keep doing that with a smile on your face because just because you may be under pressure you don't have to sort of offload that onto other people and making sure that people feel you've got time for them because if a colleague does get in touch with a personal or professional query or problem, then the last thing you want to do is to feel like you're too high and mighty to give them your time, you're too busy for them. They need the appropriate time to be able to explain that to you and to feel they've been heard and to have a bit of advice or whatever it might be. And of course, each case deserves its proper attention from you, even though you may be busy on other things. Not to mention, of course, that I try and get involved in, in things outside the immediate work, so outreach work. I'm very passionate about trying to improve diversity in the profession and to make sure that I have time to encourage other people to come into this brilliant profession and uh, indeed to try and have a, a family life and 
make sure that I, I see my kids while they're still at home and um, make sure they remember who I am as well. My legal job and me. On the outside, you're a lawyer, calm and cool, but inside there's a passion to perform, a drive to be absolutely on your game. You prepare hour after hour, day after day in the pursuit of excellence, relying on superior resources, serious preparation, and total confidence. That's the advantage we give you. Be your best with Thomson Reuters Practical Law. So in terms of the favourite parts of my job, in terms of the barrister work, it's an immense privilege to be a silk because you get to work as a team. We forget sometimes that although we work in chambers and we work on other people's cases, actually being a barrister can be quite solitary. As a junior barrister, you are generally, not all the time, of course, you may be led, but generally going to be working on the case on your own as counsel. And that may involve late nights preparing the case, worrying about the responsibility or some particular points or something that's cropped up in the case. And you can feel quite alone in those late nights working sessions or on your way to court when you know the buck stops with you. You can't stand up in court and say, I didn't have time to prepare this because my instructions came in late or I've got something else going on in my life. You've just got to be that solid, reliable person who gets up and does the business every time, whether you're having a, a good or a, a bad day. As a King's Counsel now, you get to work with incredibly bright junior barristers, with teams of solicitors, and I find that really invigorating and fascinating. I love the strategy part of cases and debating with people at all levels of seniority about what we should do about a particular issue in the case and hearing their views and then fine-tuning what we're actually going to do. And if you can try and delegate things, divide the tasks up, you really bring the best out of people. So teams like that that I've worked with and had the opportunity to do that as a silk are so much more than the sum of their parts and it's really been fascinating to do that and I constantly learn things from the more junior people that I, I work with about how they approach cases and, and what their, their views are. So I think that's a, a real privilege. In terms of the judicial work, I really enjoy the interaction with other people again. I think that's what uh, is refreshing about it. So if I'm in a Crown Court, it's fascinating to work with juries because effectively you've got 13 judges in the court. You've got these 12 people who've been plucked out of their normal lives and sent off to the court and they may be fascinated, they may be a bit annoyed they've had to come and do this, they may be scared. They come with all of their life experience and prejudices like the rest of us. And you've got to try and get the confidence of that group to get them to work as a group with you, understand their role and what your job is in sometimes distressing circumstances, but to bring them with you and to enable them perhaps in a short case, uh, fairly quickly, so having heard a little bit of evidence, to make a life-changing decision about someone else's liberty or their record uh, about what's involved in, in that particular trial. So that's really fascinating. Also working with the court staff, I have immense respect for them because they work very hard under challenging circumstances to keep the wheels of, of justice moving. Uh, but quite a lot of them are aspiring lawyers themselves. And it's really interesting to 
scratch below the surface, you might have an impression of someone who comes in in the morning and says, I'm going to be your usher or your clerk for the day. But if you take the time just to have a quick chat with them, really fascinating to meet these people and hear their story. And if you can give them a couple of words of advice or a suggestion about something they might look up or something they might get in touch with, well, that's a really brilliant feeling to be able to maybe help them a little bit on their way. So in terms of changing or influencing the profession, one of my passions, as I mentioned earlier, is about improving diversity. I think this is a real responsibility for those of us who are more senior in the profession to do absolutely everything that we can to improve the statistics. We, The bar has come a long way and is doing better than some other professions, but there's still a massive amount of work to do to make sure that after all we represent a whole cross-section of communities and to make sure that the profession itself is representative of those communities so that when people either come to visit chambers to have advice about their case or go into court and see the judge who's hearing their case, they see people like them and that they don't feel that it's inaccessible or exclusionary to them. So I think, although I, I try to do as much work as I can with people who are already close to entering the profession, so people who are training or maybe in pupillage already to assist them to progress their careers, and that's important. I do think we need to go further back from that because we are losing really capable people who aren't even considering a career at the bar or in the legal profession. So working in schools is also really important. I do as much as I can to be involved in, through my in of court programs of outreach that uh, schools days that they have and the other programs, the past scheme through in a temple, for instance, which involve giving opportunities for those at school to come along and hear a bit more about the legal profession. We have question and answer sessions, but also we get them involved in having a go. So we do a mock court where they can try out playing different roles. They can be the advocate and do a plea and mitigation for someone who's up for shoplifting we talk about debate legal topics. We have a bit of a discussion about things like assisted dying just to get the discussion going. And it's fantastically rewarding to see the, these kids coming along who may be sort of year 11, 12, 13, quite a lot of them with a bit of attitude. You know, what am I doing here kind of thing with all these stuffed shirts. But you can see through the day they're starting to engage and starting to be a bit of interest there. And they're starting to think, well, actually, and by the end of it, some of the feedback is just blows you away because many of them come along and say, I just didn't think it was for people like me or I didn't think that this would be interesting. But that was amazing. I really enjoyed having a go or speaking to that person, hearing the challenges they face. They didn't just drift through uh, seamlessly into a career. Makes me think, well, actually, I could do this. And when you see that, and actually I've been doing it long enough that some of these people are then coming through into the profession years down the line, that's huge satisfaction and, and such a, an important part of what we're doing is to improve the access and diversity in, in our profession. In terms of a, a advice, I always uh, struggle with these questions to try and sort of think of something profound, but uh, all I can really talk to you about is what I've done and what I've faced in my career the first thing I would say is don't let imposter syndrome hold you back for from going for every opportunity which comes along. I, I've had at all stages in my career a sort of Olympic level imposter syndrome 
uh, ability to convince myself every and I, I recognize it in myself because I've done these sort of things where I've tried to push myself and stretch myself multiple times and every time I get to this point I have this moment when I think this is an enormous mistake this is this time I really am trying to do too much or I'm trying to stretch myself too far and I'm going to get found out and racked with sort of self-doubt but just making sure that although you might have that that searing self-doubt and that temptation that if I just run away from this and carry on what I'm doing at the moment it will all be fine just to try to get over that and to go for it because you really want to take those opportunities and it's amazing what you can achieve if you do that. I've been tolerably successful in my career and in progressing that and but that's beyond the wildest dreams that I had when I was sort of coming into the profession as a rather as I say bruised and battered trainee who'd had various bumps in the road and setbacks thinking well actually all I want at the moment is to make the next five years work can I actually make a living as a barrister is this going to work out and not being a sort of academic high flyer or having contacts that were going to get me into particular roles so I think making sure that if those opportunities come along just grab them with both hands uh, there will be support there there are immense numbers of people at the bar in the part-time judiciary and full-time judiciary who will want to help you to achieve because they've been helped themselves. And that's one of the best things about the legal profession, that it's a very supportive and collegiate environment. And access that help, access that support, take those initiatives that when they come along, when they're offered to you to go and do networking sessions or mentoring sessions or whatever they might be and just go for it and it will be a steep learning curve when you get these opportunities but it's very rewarding to look back and think well six months ago I didn't have any experience of whatever tribunal or court environment or practice area and now I feel comfortable doing this and I'm starting to spread my wings a bit more into this area. The other thing that I think is really um, underestimated is being kind to everyone you come across. Uh, I can't say that I do it uniformly. I'm sure there are people out there who would say that they've uh, found me on a grumpy morning, but I do really try hard. Maybe it's because my first job was as a cleaner that I try to say hello to the cleaner. I try to have a word with people when I see them in chambers if I'm in early in the morning or whether I'm at court. It's the court usher, whether it's the court usher or the judge, treat them both with kindness and courtesy. Because, well, the usher can, as you will quickly discover it, when you go to court and you see someone being all hoity-toity with the usher, they can make your life very easy or much more difficult. And suddenly you can find yourself moving down the court list or moving up. If you need a favour one day, they can really help you. And I know from personal experience, the ushers tell the judges everything. So if there's someone who's uh, a bit bolshy outside, and uh, it's not being very pleasant, then the judge will know all about it. And funny enough, you might find the judge either will say something to you directly, which is really embarrassing, uh, or um, won't be quite as tolerant with you uh, when you then go into court. And just to tell a very brief story, sometimes the person you think is the member of court staff might actually be the judge. Um, because I was in court one time and early on in my 
part-time judicial career as a deputy district judge, the tape recording machine was not working in the court. So I couldn't sit on the sort of high bench where the judges normally sit. I sat down on the desk where the court staff normally sit in the well of the court. And uh, this was set up in advance because they knew there was a problem and I was reading the bundle for the hearings about to start. And someone burst into the courtroom and uh, said, oh, oh, uh, uh, are you are you the usher? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not actually, but can I help you? And uh, they just assumed I was another member of court staff. And they said, oh, well, um, can I give you some documents for the judge? And I said, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, feel free. Pass them over and they gave me these bits of paper. And actually they were... And pretty polite to me and that was all fine but you can imagine their face when then about 10 minutes later they were brought into court for this trial and I was still sitting there and I was introduced as the judge because they just had no idea they just assumed that because I was you know, at that stage relatively young looking I was sitting on this desk in the court that I was just a member of court staff who was sort of doing the paperwork for the judge. The one piece of feedback I've had in my career of which I'm most proud is when uh, in the legal directories, you get all sorts of um, guff that's written about you, some of which is massively overinflated and it can let your ego run away with you. But probably my epitaph will be the bit of feedback I had in the directories, which said, known for his legendary courtesy. And you can do that. You can be a successful litigator and still be kind and pleasant to people. There's a, it's a myth that you need to be an abrasive hard nut. It's all about strategy and it's much easier my experience anyway to charm people into doing what you want them to do rather than using a battering ram whether you're negotiating with someone or you're cross-examining them or you're dealing with a difficult judge uh, if you meet those situations with courtesy and patience uh, you're gonna have a lot more success than turning up the heat yourself that's the way I've done it anyway The Hearing my Legal Job and Me, a podcast from Thomson Reuters. To find out more, go to tr.com forward slash the hearing or subscribe via iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.